Hi everyone and welcome back to Cup of Three. My name is Ashley. I'm joined as always by my friend and co-host Mabel and fiance and co-host Agu. Hello guys, how you doing? Hello, doing well. How are you? Good. You good, Agu? Yeah, good, good. Just, uh, <laughs> you know, drama every day. Maybe that first sight stuff. Just endless drama. <laughs> drama, drama. Yeah, so um, let's see. If you are joining us for the first time, this is Cup of Three. We are a podcast covering reality shows on love and relationships. Right now we are covering Married at First Sight, season 13. And today we're going to talk about episode six and seven. So everybody's wrapping up their honeymoons, getting their last little parasailing things out the way, eating their vegan ice cream on the beach and complaining about the heat and then moving on (laughs) to going home and moving in with their new spouse and their shared apartment and seeing how all of that goes. So I vote we dive right in. How about that? Sound good? I like it. All right. Look at us being efficient. I know. I just want to talk about this stuff. So I'm trying to cut to the chase. (laughs) Is this what happens when I don't just interject with stupid stuff? Is that what happens? See, this is why we're a good balance. Because without you, I would just be like immediately talking about things. (laughs) You help slow it down and have it be a little bit more organic. It's a balance. All right. (laughs) All right. So let's start with Gil and Mirla. They were having... Some conversations around taking last names that I wanted to bring up because I feel like I get a lot of different responses from people when I talk about this. And on a personal note, since like Aku and I are engaged and going to be getting married next year, this is something I'm thinking about for myself too. So he said that he is very traditional and wishing that she would take his last name. And she was saying that she didn't want to and her reasoning was because she wanted to keep her dad's name. And... I just wanted to, I guess, open it up to you guys, because I feel like in the context of this marriage, it being married at first sight, the conversation should really be different because there's no like trust or history to base anything off of. So I guess, Mabel, how do you feel about this whole thing? I I have a tough time with it. I want to say I would probably keep my last name just because that's my culture. My mom still has her last name. Um... This is what we do. And I understand that he was even talking about like, hey, a lot of times you hyphen, you keep both, which I get it. And there's also a lot of people who want to take his last name, which is very like, you know, transferring of own like, you know, hey, I'm now a part of your family, for example. I'm now. You, you're going to say ownership. It's like, I, all right. I, I a little bit. Ownership. <laughs> wow. I was not wrong. I, I know, but I just don't want to offend anybody. So it's mine now put my name on it stamp seals approved (laughs) but at the same time like i don't know i mean you have couples that it's just kind of like a sign of of unity right you're coming together and you have the same last name now this is you're literally one in the eyes of the law now as part of being married so hey as a part of that you're taking his last name and you are so close to that person now that you are one which is also very sweet my sister took her her husband's last name. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about this, Akil? I, I just I don't see the big deal with it either way. Um, I, if I personally, I find it a little odd to want someone else to change 
So from the guy's perspective, I just I find it odd to be like, you must change your last name to mine. I just I don't have that uh, drive. Um, so I I don't really care. Uh, that being said, I think where it gets tricky is with the kids. I think that's where. So like you know the example you gave with your you know your personal example with your uh, with your family. I imagine you all use your dad's last name right and i have both actually so really um, in our culture yeah that's how you know kind of which sides you came from so my two last names one my dad and one my mom's last name my mom same thing she has her mom and her dad's last name it's a way of like showing your your lineage to say this mm-hmm. is my dad's side of the family and this is my mom's side of the family and that's I, and they're like are they hyphenated <laughs> or they're just wow. like separate that's Mm-mm. interesting i mean it's different being here in the States. In the States, I'm, I just have one last name. Nobody really cares about my second, my second last name. Mm-hmm. But in DR, I go there and people know my both last names. And you usually are addressed like people, mm-hmm. you know, when That's you really sign nice. your name and stuff like that, you just keep your your dad's last name. And when I mm-hmm. pass my name on down to my kids, it will be my dad's last name that I passed down. Gotcha. But it's I, just a familiarity thing. I find less. Okay. So for all the stuff about like me not caring... I do find it interesting, well, personally, but I do find it interesting other people, what they do for last names. So, like, I know for my family, before my grandfather made the decision to pick a certain last name, and that's what we all go by, it was the tradition was you take the name of your father. So, like, whatever their first name was, that was then your surname. And then, so, like, that's one of the... Like, my dad knows, like, I think it's, like, 14 generations, and that was one of the things, like, we used to memorize that, and it's a lot easier because it's just this person is the son of this person, and Mm -hmm. then, so it's a lot easier to track that, Um, and then I know certain cultures will do, everyone who's from this town has this surname. Again, I don't mind personally, but um, super cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. super cool in general yeah that is uh, really cool thank you for sharing that I yeah. think it's like that's the part that I think is cool when you can kind of pay homage to both sides I think where it becomes kind of a problem is when the person who's not expected to change their name is feels an entitlement to the other one to do yeah. so mm-hmm. so like Gil saying that he is more traditional and he wants her to change her name like, I don't think he said it in, like, a, a way that was mean at all, but there's a little bit of me that's just like, ooh, I don't like that at all. Because he is, like, not acknowledging that it's a big deal. Like, imagine someone asking you to change your name. Like, it's part of your identity. It's part of your history. It's yeah. part of your family. And, like, that's that's just, like, a lot to ask of someone, I think, when mm-hmm. it's just, like, this is an expectation that I have versus asking how they feel about it. Because, yeah. like they're the one ultimately that it affects the most and also what I was kind of trying to allude to earlier was I feel like because they've been married at first sight I feel like the conversation around changing last names is just really premature because agreed it's like you guys aren't even really sure if like you want to be in this relationship so why are we trying to do like annoying legal stuff to change names and then like we're not really sure what foundation we're building yet like we're really at the beginning and so mm-hmm. why don't we have this conversation a year from now? <laughs> and if we get to that conversation, then yeah, maybe I am more inclined to be like, yep, this is this is what I want. 
and move forward with it. But it just, I just feel like that's like a massive trust fall after a, a trust fall they already did. <laughs> that doesn't feel fair. True. True. And maybe it should just be like, hey, what would you prefer versus, hey, I think you should do this. You know what I mean? Just like, yeah, because it's yeah. so soon, just be curious. Don't put any assumptions onto it. Mm-hmm. I was I was just going to say, considering the success rate of this show, that's very Yeah, premature. last season. Look at that. Yeah. Because we've seen with from Ryan and Clara that she had changed her last name yeah. to his last name. And now yeah. that they're divorced, she's I think she said she's keeping it because she's already changed it. Which it's is, it's just a lot, you know, like it, you kind of got to deal with it either way. So I just wish everybody would hold off on that conversation or just at least let it be like you're saying, Mabel, just curiosity. Like, what do you think about this? Like, okay, we'll figure that out later. We're on our honeymoon <laughs> and I've known you for like three days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Other DR question. So if this is, if you take both names both last names what last name do you decide to so like you have two now Mm -hmm. if you were to hypothetically get married which do you take those two and then the other person would take their two so you'd have four last names or do you get the like do you have to pick one out of your two um i would if i were to take his last name i would probably keep my dad's and um then like you know kind of like it kind of then become those two my last names like my my husband's last name and, and my dad's last name okay um okay. but honestly i'm on the i'm on the fence with that like i i don't know if i would change either of my last names mm. i would pass on my dad's last name and let my kids have two last names where mm. their father's and mine mm. but that it is tough like it's a part yeah. of me that i it's my history i get to because I know my mom's two last names, I know my grandma's maiden name, and I mm-hmm. know what side of that family comes from. So when I hear someone with her last name, I get to ask, like, oh, do you, you know, yeah. are you related via, you know, these channels? And mm-hmm. it's kind of like an interesting connection. It's your lineage. Like, it's incredibly personal. Yeah. 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 So when people are flipping about it, that's why I get mad. It's like, it's like asking someone to like leave a house that they built with their own hands mm-hmm. <laughs> and that their family built. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, it's just different. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. I definitely get the compromise where even Gabe was like, hey, how about hyphenating? Keeping your dad's last name and just adding mine to it. I mean, a lot of people do that, which is kind of like you get to watch your own journey, right? You have your lineage from your mm-hmm. dad's last name and you mm-hmm. now get to see where your life continues with your husband's last name. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, like, I find it cool when people, like, oh, we use this middle name because this was my great-grandmother's first name. And, like, it just there's so many cool things that you can do with that, mm-hmm. um, which are, like, great compromises. And then uh, other point I wanted to make was part of that is, like, we just aren't able to see our previous generations, I think. And that's, like, a way for us to know. The poor, poor kids that are in the future who... Like, if I was to become, we have kids, Ashley and I have kids, and we might become grandparents, they can go and see YouTube videos of me just talking garbage. And, you know, maybe they'll see that and be like, Watching eh. this very recording, like, y'all were dumb. Said, I'm good on that. I'm good I on that I thought name. you were so smart. 
Auntie Mabel was cool. Always has been. She's a surfer. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you like fast forward us how many years? Oh, that'd be so cool. I secretly, I'm, this is my message to my future kids. Please come back and watch this because your mom is awesome. And call your mother. <laughs> call your mother. Yeah. I saw this one comedian who was like, oh, the future generation is going to have some awful grandparents. And he's like, when I talk to my grandparents, they show me pictures and they're, I'm just blatantly stealing this man's joke. So I will change it around a little. But like I talked to my grandparents and they're like, oh, this is a picture of me next to this person who flew, who did the first transatlantic flight. And he's like, our generation, when we're showing grandkids, it's going to be like, so this is a picture of the breakfast I had. That looked really cool. Here's a this picture of... This doing a TikTok dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a savage. What is, what is that movement? What? <laughs> Oh no, that's a oh yeah, that's a thing for sure, right? Uh, <laughs> anyway. Like oh, this is a picture of me at H and M. I wanted to see if the shirt looked cute. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> stupid shit like that. Poor kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like we're mostly going to be passing down just pictures of our dogs. <laughs> like this is a photo album of all the dogs. <laughs> this is him sleeping. This is him sleeping somewhere else. <laughs> so many of our pictures are dog pictures. It's a lot. It's, a, it's, it's really like, quite a lot. It's, yeah. Oh, they're great. All right. Let's move over to Brett and Brian. I want to mm-hmm. talk about them because I feel like a theme that's come up with them a little bit in the story they're trying to tell is um, Brett obviously has anxiety. She gets pretty stressed out about stuff. Brian doesn't. And we've seen this in their plane rides where she gets really scared when they're flying. And like, of course, we don't see footage of that, but the way they describe it, it sounds like she gets pretty upset. Um, We've seen this when they went kayaking and she saw the little manatee and was like freaking out a little bit, but she powered through. Like Mm -hmm. the thing is that she always powers through, right? Like she's really putting in the effort. So I just kind of wanted to open it up to, I guess, what you guys think about like the dynamics of having a partner with anxiety where one person doesn't and one person does or if you've had the experience or seen like couples where both people have anxiety and how you feel like that works because i i know just from personal experience i have anxiety i've talked about that a lot on this show and agu doesn't at least yeah you don't get stressed out about things the way that i do and from my perspective like having being in a relationship with someone who like doesn't view the world in those like really stressful ways is really a good balance for me and helps ground me quite a bit. Um, I think I've used like the like shopping bag analogy or my little flagpole thing where like the goo is my flagpole and I can be the flag that like whips around in the wind <laughs> and, and like I that's a that good analogy. combination. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I guess I'll just kind of leave it there. If you guys have any, any thoughts about like the partnering of that and kind of well, I actually do want to ask you a question on that because you talked about having the experience of both. And was that mm-hmm. kind of like a journey to see yourself in a relationship with someone with anxiety versus someone not with anxiety and kind of see how that dynamic mm-hmm. affects you? Yeah, definitely. Like, obviously, I have already formed an opinion on this. So I just basically set this up so I could talk about it. But I do want to hear what you guys <laughs> think about it, too. So I, I swear I will shut up eventually. But... Um, yeah, so just I just asked the question for you to answer. <laughs> like, I, I just feel like I really want to hear about what you have to say. Sally hooped yourself. All right, go for it. <laughs> the assist and the goal from Freiling. Thank you. What? 
Um, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Suck it in there for you. So, the yeah. I just like soccer. <laughs> okay. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. It's okay. No, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I have had the experience of being in a long-term relationship with someone where we both had anxiety. And I think this also kind of plays on the themes we see with Jose and Rachel, where they, like, asked for someone who is ex- exactly like them and, like, the, the dynamics of that. And so my experience of it was like for a while it was extremely comfortable but like as the relationship went on it became stifling sounds terrible but it it was limiting I guess because we were kind of both stressed out by the same things we were both um like it just kind of heightened all our worst qualities or like our worst tendencies and so it was really hard we had to both fight really hard to find balance and like managing ourselves and trying to like Mm. kind of find ways to like manage all of our stress. So it was like that part of it was really hard. It it felt like it was like, it was just a lot to overcome constantly, (laughs) you know, whereas like my relation or my experience now with the goo, like I was saying, like it's very much a balance where um, like, I think, my anxiety and sort of my sensitivity in a lot of ways is I try to reframe it as a little bit more of like my superpower where I'm just hypersensitive to things so that makes me overreact a lot but like I've kind of learned like what areas I can work on and what's most important to manage but with a goo it's always because I see someone who clearly isn't reacting to things as strongly as I do it's a reality check for me (laughs) so it's like from my point of view it's like everything's on fire and so i'm kind of panicking and i look over and Nagu is just like calm and chilling and i'm like oh maybe the fire isn't there <laughs> and like that's but in, in in the past it's been like we're both acting like there's fire in the room and like it might not be there and so i guess to sum it up i think it also takes a lot of patience from the person who doesn't have anxiety and a lot of understanding and empathy and emotional intelligence, which mm-hmm. I have to give Agu all the credit for because he has never, ever been shitty to me about like how ridiculous I can be sometimes. And like, that I, makes me know that he really respects me. <laughs> I promise you it's not as, it's not as bad as you, you think it is. I, think I know, but I've also done a lot of work for myself continual, like, over a long period of time to mm-hmm. self-manage so that it's not as big of a deal. But um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll stop there. But that's how I feel about it. That's interesting. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, shoot. I, man, what do you say after that? Like, that was so moving and amazing. <laughs> and, um, I, I guess from the like, uh, I guess from my side of it, I would say it's helpful to have uh, someone who is a lot more mm, just kind of monitoring different areas where sometimes um, just because I think everything's okay doesn't mean the person I'm dealing with thinks that. So it's helpful to have a different perspective. Um, I appreciate that you don't find that annoying because I could see if I was, if I put myself in your shoes and I was found something very 
important and I was anxious about it and the other person was just like, no, it's fine. Like you could either look at that the way you do where you're like, oh, no, maybe maybe things are okay. Or you could say this person is super annoying and how dare he not <laughs> like be worried too, right? So I think that really does depend on the person. Like for that, if you have that type of personality, maybe you want someone who feels the same way so that when you feel something's a big deal and you're and you're worried that person also feels that way mm-hmm. where um you know it's almost like in meetings where you know where you're like trying to bring something up in a meeting and the your coworkers are just like meh whatever it's like no this is a big deal we need to freak out and everyone's just like meh our numbers are good now mm-hmm. um and i know when i've been in that situation my instinct isn't okay maybe they're right most time my instinct is like they're all wrong and they'll see just wait blah 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 (laughs) i'll show them (laughs) and so i just i think it it kind of depends on the person um all right all done for me mabel how how do you feel on the uh... Um, so normally in the past i've kind of gone for people who are like a lot more confident than i am and that's kind of like my closest um understanding because some I I can get anxious but I wouldn't say I um, I have anxiety and when I talk about it with my therapist it's more kind of like circumstantial and I can get stressed about certain things and I can feel like probably most um, relevant recently is like imposter syndrome but I feel like I've noticed when I have a partner that can be the polar opposite of me in that sense of I'll just say confidence in this example I feel actually more insecure about myself to be like, oh, Hmm. they either don't understand or they're diminishing my stress or they're judging me because of it. And I in 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 that I can be very sensitive. I'm a very sensitive person to other people's kind of energy around me. Mm -hmm. And and also just like. Even like sometimes commentary about like myself, but I feel like. I've noticed myself comforted more about people who have some of those internal struggles because I feel like they can understand me more. And so I look for that in a relationship where someone who has a bit of that can be a little more empathetic and caring and patient. And that takes a lot of vulnerability too, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think it sounds like you're describing someone who's willing to say like, oh, I maybe I don't experience anxiety and stress the same way you do, but I do mm-hmm. for these things. And I don't know exactly. if it's completely rational, but I feel that and it's real. And like for me, a lot of that comes back to just that respect <laughs> where like mm-hmm. if they if you are feeling some type of way and acting a certain type of way, whatever, if they respect you, they're never going to be like why are you acting like that and be mm-hmm. like really shitty mm-hmm. about it like mm-hmm. they i think a healthy relationship a partner hopefully mm-hmm. <laughs> sees you and or a person in distress and acting out and being upset and being able to still respect them and like treat them like an adult and not like a child mm-hmm. i feel like when you get into mm-hmm. that area then it's really hard to come back and yeah seen that on this show like both sides of that on this show a lot um but i think that's like a pretty good indicator of like the truth of how someone feels about somebody else Mm -hmm. well because that so gets the trust right we've seen already in this season how i'm just going to use about a johnny example of it sounds like maybe johnny doesn't fully understand 
Bao's feelings sometimes and how much it can stress her out and therefore diminishes a little bit, which Mm -hmm. if she doesn't feel understood and that she can be vulnerable in that space, that's going to affect her trust. And I feel like a lot of this, a lot of us can relate to that to some extent, maybe not the exact same situation, but having the ability to open up and be vulnerable affects how much you can trust that person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, I just, because I noticed we were talking about anxiety and then we kind of talked about confidence. And I think that's one thing where just, just blind confidence just seems like that person isn't intelligent for lack of a better term like someone who's just confident in every single thing they do it's like do you not realize that there it could go wrong like i think you mm. it's a balance Awareness. right like you mm. you gotta like have like i'm confident about the things that i know well mm. the, but i don't know everything well and like i'm not going to you know if we go scuba diving i'm not going to be confident in that because i know nothing about scuba diving like i i want i would like to imagine that anyone who doesn't understand that would listen to the instructor and whatnot and blah 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 and people would be more willing to accept when they don't know and there's nothing wrong in saying that you don't know yeah um and like just ability to say oh i don't know but i'll look it up or i don't know or i'll talk to somebody that that's all you got to say like you don't you're not dumber you're not less intelligent you're not less evolved by saying but that you so. just kind of owning it mm-hmm. just yeah. own it yeah humanity and, and owning it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i feel like yeah. there's confidence and then there's like confidence in specific things but i think mm-hmm. a more pervasive confidence that's helpful to have is a confidence in your ability to deal with things as they come up like that's a real rooted self-confidence in your person you know that like no matter what happens right now if you know a tree falls on our house i have the confidence that i can figure out how to get that taken care of i don't know how mm-hmm. to right now but i know i can figure that out you know or like mm-hmm. any other situation the scuba diving thing i know i can listen to directions and i can hold my breath underwater <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it helps and actually getting back to brett and ryan i feel like maybe ryan doesn't see him as that kind of person that can be her flagpole but she (laughs) sees that he can you know be the flagpole because he has been through the plane ride and through the um, kayaking he was calm and grounded for her when she needed it he just was kind of annoyed playing that role in that moment that's what i worry about is i don't think he's he understands i feel like he does understand he has to fulfill that role right now but I don't know if he has as much empathy around it mm-hmm. for it not to be like an issue in the future. How much of that is just because this is so much so fast, though? You know, like I feel like if it's easy for Ashley and I to talk about this, we've been together for multiple years, as opposed to like if I had, if this was our date number two, date number three, and something big happen and and i just we don't have that history to go off of yet where like Mm -hmm. if something was to happen to us now i'm like i know that you're like one of the most emotionally intelligent person people that i ever met like if something happens in that situation that's not gonna like 
paint the way I feel about everything because I've seen you deal with situations in the past amazingly well where he doesn't have that history yet you know it's just yeah what he sees yeah. is what he's going to judge her off of and so far it's it, like you said the flight the manatee like it's been a multiple things so every time you like start to get to the point where you care about the person something happens again and then you kind of go back to square zero i i could see that being problematic yeah. and, and i get hard. that i think too yeah i think you're totally right because I think there is a degree of, I know, at least for me, like hiding it a little bit, like hiding my anxiety when we were dating because you we weren't around each other 24-7. Like our, our first couple of dates, maybe they're like a week apart or something and then got more and more frequent. And so like you really got an onboarding experience of like how does Ashley handle the things. <laughs> it wasn't like, hey, like jump right in and you're starting, you know, on the, the factory crumbs, line like, day bit. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you get... It kind of just wading out into the waters a little, you know? Um, so, yeah, that's that's a really Some, good point. Something I thought about while you were saying that is it's kind of like I'm choosing to support in that space versus I'm, like, being appointed to take on the whole weight of it, that's right? That's a good way of saying And it, yeah. I even see that a little bit with Zach and Michaela. So I, mm -hmm. I completely empathize um, with Michaela losing her dad. Um, I worry, though for them because she has talked about it in a way that he was a protector and therefore she doesn't feel protected at all by anyone and I worry that it's like something she hasn't fully kind of learned how to stand on her own two feet a little bit about it and so she's kind of expecting that man in her life to step in and fully like take on the responsibility which is a lot That's a I lot. mean my dad was an amazing man I will never expect anyone to like you know to, like, to be his equal and that's also like a lot to ask like I had 27 years with this man of getting to know him and having you know ups and downs <laughs> because of you know family is family right and so I feel like kind of just hey you're here step in this role go it's it's also not the same person like you don't want that husband to be the same person as your dad that is a different person for a reason right I mean that's the whole different but it's like I worry that even when it comes to something like Ryan reacting to Brett's anxiety he maybe feels the burden to be the whole like bearer for it all where it's not really she just needs support in some mm -hmm. instances mm -hmm. sometimes and he's maybe like whoa this is a lot like do I need to fully take on the right. you know on, on my shoulders everything and right maybe they just need to have a conversation about it definitely yeah that, that's such a great that's such a great point because it's i mean you're setting that person up for failure almost where you're expecting just yeah. everything right away it's that's a lot and you know you make a mistake once now it's like how dare you you weren't there to protect me it's like well i didn't realize this was part of the the job description like okay let let me learn the job first <laughs> before getting judged on it um Take time yeah. to build. Yeah. yeah. And that yeah. also like fails to recognize anyone's individuality of like one person can mean something to you and another person will be in something slightly different, close, maybe very different to you. And like, that's just how relationships are. And I, I feel mm -hmm. like this, 
I don't know how you guys feel about the whole like protector aspect of it, but I feel like there is a little bit of like learned helplessness that comes along with thinking about it that way, mm-hmm. which I, I think it's more of like a thought process thing, but it's like, like she clearly is taking care of herself and doing all of the things and um, like is independent in every way. Mm-hmm. But I think, I feel like she has this idea that like she really needs someone else to, um, like be her emotional manager or something or I don't know it's like outsourcing a lot of stuff that I think would be really helpful and healthy for her to learn to do for herself and I think she would Mm -hmm. find a lot of confidence and um a lot of like strength in that you know to know that like she can fucking do it she's a badass like she's got it (laughs) and and then that kind of sets her up a little bit better too have Zach fill in in the in the parts that make sense and that he wants mm-hmm. to and that they want to and like move forward together as a unit instead of this like mm-hmm. kind of more lopsided dynamic. And we're not judging at all. It's just you know a journey you kind of find yourself on sometimes and yeah. Mhm. Mhm. A lot. Okay, I feel like we're gonna have to bring it back to topic because I'm confused now which couple we're talking <laughs> about a little. We're bit. bouncing around a lot. It's fine. Um, okay, well, we can just move on to our other topic. As as you guys can tell, we're not really going by couple anymore, but just by <laughs> yeah. kind of main things that bubbled up. So we'll yeah. kind of go all over the place. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was they did the drinking jam- game on the boat and did like Never Have I Ever. And in this, um, they kind of revealed who's cheated on past partners. And so I don't remember who even asked it. Who I think it was Bao and Mirla. Who, I think you're right. Who oh no, Bao drank. asked it. Oh, Bao asked it. Bao mm. asked it. Drink on um, Mirla and Rachel. Mirla and Rachel drank. The Mirla one drives me. That's hilarious. This she takes like five years for the first kiss, but you somehow cheating. So did you know this person for like thirty years before? Like how does that? <laughs> what's the timeline of Damn. this cheating? I just Damn. I really that's my main thing, um, but. <laughs> well, I think that I don't know. It depends on how you define cheating, right? Because everyone's going to have a different oh, range of okay. what they felt like was inappropriate. It could have been like, oh, I went out for a dinner with someone who wasn't my person, and scandalous. I got caught, and like nothing physical happened, but there was like clear intent, or I don't know, like emotional cheating, emotional, cheating. yeah, or just like having a online relationship with someone I don't know like there's all sorts of like nuance there that I'm sure they're not going to explain like what mm-hmm. their particular circumstances was but were but mm. I, I guess I wanted to bring it back to like what you thought about that idea of like being with someone and you're in a new relationship and you find out that in the past they have cheated on their partner and like what does that make you think about or like how how would you deal with that I do want to point out that when Mirla, <clears throat> when Mirla and Rachel took their drinks, Gil had already known that Mirla cheated. Mm-hmm. Jose did not know mm-hmm. that Rachel, which, I mean, it's only the first week of their marriage. It's kind of a lot yeah. to come out, yeah. you know, by the way, while swinging with, <laughs> by the way, right? Yeah. Plus, like, but Gil I think feels like is... he's, oh, sorry, I was just going to say, Gil was... is, like, interviewing her the entire time. Like, I'm not surprised uh... they talked about this. <laughs> it's... <laughs> like it feels like they're on one long job interview, not really a date. I just 
That's funny. I was going to say, I think it matters how you learn, which it's kind of an yeah. awkward situation to be like, oh, I have to be honest here. Or you could lie. But you'd think you'd be honest. you never ever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Be in a relationship with someone who has cheated in the past? I, I don't. I mean, I think it just depends on the person, honestly. I think, like, if it was a person I was already kind of iffy on, then, like, okay, that's, eh. But, like, if it, I don't know, I'm engaged and whatnot to Ashley right now. Like, finding that out wouldn't be, I would be like, all right, everything is off. We're <laughs> calling it off. It's like, well, I'm sure there's a lot more, uh, like, context. you just kind of have to know the full story to context. True. Um, also, I just, I think a lot of this is just because the person has done that in the past doesn't necessarily mean they'll do it in the future. And I think that's like the subtext of this. When people ask that is they think like, oh, once a cheater, always a cheater. Yeah. And it's like, that's, I could see maybe there's a higher percentage. I, I'd be interested to see if there's a study on that. But anyone can cheat at any time. Like, it's not... Like, if that is your major concern, I think that's the problem. Like, the problem should just be you focusing on the relationship. And if the cheating happens, then you address it then. Where it almost feels like you're planning for something. You're just, you're over planning when you start to worry about like, okay, I need right. to look at their history to know if they mm-hmm. cheated in the past. And right. then like, where does that stop? Are you going to have phone scanning devices and, and clock-ins and bedtimes? Like it just, it gets to a certain point where if you're two adults, there's just too much stuff to keep track of. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Ashley? Um, to the question of could I be with someone who I knew had cheated before, I think I kind of, I don't think I have a clear answer for that because it would depend on the context and it would also depend on like how much of a relationship I had with them already, how, like how much trust had been built and just understanding all of that. And also probably looking to at other aspects of their behavior and if there are a lot of other red flags and be like, okay, yeah, this probably isn't for me. But if there aren't, then just kind of letting that be. And like you, I think like you said, Agu, like if you get into the mode of like, oh, you were a cheater in the past, so now I have to look out for this, like then that's just you're not gonna you're not gonna be very happy living that way, <laughs> where you feel like you constantly have to check to make sure that everything's okay. Like that that's maddening, and it's just. Like that, that in itself is going to erode trust, which might actually make it more likely for them to cheat again if you're like acting like it's already true. Yeah. True. So you're like, I just speak, I don't know. What is it like speaking into existence? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. kind of a thing. You're acting as if it's true. So then it maybe becomes more likely to be true. Like it's the whole like theory of manifestation, if you believe in any of that stuff. But do you, what do you think, Mabel? I don't know if we asked um, you. I. I have been in a relationship with someone who had cheated in the past. However, uh, I was, to a goose point, I was already seeing a little bit of, ah, Mm. I don't know if I trust you. There are some little things here that kind of are spiking Mm. up and don't really add up in my mind. And then when I learned that, I was like, "Mm, that makes sense. Okay. Yep. And I I didn't trust him after that because 
to me, it didn't seem like he changed. To me, it was mm-hmm. just like, a, I'm going to make an excuse up for why it was justified. And I didn't agree with that. Mm-hmm. And it just only solidified further kind of what I was starting to think. Um, on the other hand, though, I have been on dates with people who have cheated in the past and we've talked about it. And I then believed, you know, like I, I do believe that people can learn and grow from their mistakes. And therefore, I don't believe in once a cheater, always a cheater. I think that if you take it as a learning lesson, you don't have to be someone that cheats again in the future. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to forgive yourself. The partner you're going to be with, you know, has to be able to to be okay with that and like you were you're both saying like not have to be worried about it's gonna happen to me now so mm-hmm. i i believe that it can still work out i do want to mention a little caveat though i think it would be very different if that person cheated on me if i could forgive that person mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. i i don't know if i could that would be very different of oh you cheated on that person in the past and you have moved on from that phase of your life to Mm -hmm. a new chapter flipping a new page with a new person versus like let's try to mend this and Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and like to your point like if i knew the person and i knew the person that they cheated on like that's 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 way too close like i think that would be harder for sure like i don't know whatever hypothetical situation like i knew they were when they were with said partner and I know actually like I've been in situations where the girl was cheating you know and like we're all in a group and whatnot um that's very different like I I was there I could I wasn't in the act but like I could tell that cheating was a going to occur you know (laughs) it was was not (laughs) cheating was definitely of a foot um and (laughs) A foot's cheating? I love Um, it so much when you misspeak. It's my favorite in the world. I I appreciate you. Love that because I do it way too much. Um, Keep them coming. But but that situation, like I'm I'm not friends with that person now, but I I was for a long time and I didn't care, but I wasn't going to be in a relationship with them. Like it's it's really hard to unsee that. Um, So I, I wonder... I, I guess, yeah, to your point, it's very different when you're, like, close to the situation. I think it's easier for me to be like, oh, I don't care because I didn't see it. <laughs> if I see it or yeah. I know that it happened and I was very close to it, yeah, yeah, that's hard. I feel hard. like, too, if someone is admitting that they've cheated in the past, it makes me wonder, especially if there's not a lot of trust built yet, makes me wonder if they're telling me truthfully how many times they've done that. Oh, because like maybe it's like oh yeah i'm gonna own up to having done this but maybe they wouldn't own up to saying how many times they have done that like maybe they feel like it's enough to just disclose that they've been in that situation at least one time like that's those are all the things that would run through my mind of just like is this a chronic thing was this a one-time thing like can i trust that they're telling me the truth about this if they're bringing it up in the first place but like or if we just kind of i managed to get here in conversation like it would it would really be a case by case thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Cheating is tough. That's the tough it's one. So yeah, like. it's a breach of trust. Mm-hmm. Like that's Part the foundation. My theory on that is just like we are living so much damn longer than 
old people were in previous generations. Like, I don't know, like King Henry. I mean, that's he's a poor example. He definitely cheated. But just, <laughs> just of that time period to the England where you're living to like 50, 60, it's you got less time to worry about that. Like they're the I've seen some articles where they're like they decided to break up at the age of 92. I'm like, well, you know, they're together for like 90 years. That's pretty good. That's a solid Sounds run. Like That's we're two. Than... <laughs> My math is awful in this example. <laughs> they're betrothed Maybe. to each other. No. <laughs> Um, it's just it's just i feel like that should be taken into consideration Mm -hmm. um and no one does okay marriages are way longer now than they used to be so i mean i guess yeah i don't like a lot has changed between now and then (laughs) debating this (laughs) all right yeah um do we want to talk about johnny and bow so they had a conversation with pastor cal kind of facilitated by pastor cal about Johnny's attraction to Bao and basically how he felt like her, the way she expresses joy, her giddiness is kind of a turnoff for him because it feels very like, like childlike and it's and how she expresses it. Um, and I feel like Pastor Cal is trying to make the point and make it clear to Bao that like, hey, how you express your emotions naturally is fine. You don't have to change that. But we, you know, maybe this is a something that from Johnny's side he can kind of reframe a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, what did what did you think about that conversation? I think it's a little harsh to call her childish because of how excited she gets, and you just see that as a turnoff. I mean, I appreciate that Pastor Cal stepped in and was like, hey, no, you be you, and it shouldn't be something you change about you because that could have easily been a slippery slope if she had mm-hmm. been in her head like, oh, he doesn't like this, therefore I can't do it, therefore, et cetera, et cetera. Just a mess. I don't know. It reminded me also of how he talks about always being, um, like, uh, you know, <laughs> I want to say flight risk, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he just, like, what? runs. <laughs> A flight risk? That, huh? Yeah, that he's ready. <laughs> he's ready to go if he sees a red oh, flag or gotcha. feels like it might be a red flag. Yeah. yeah, totally. It's like another way of him saying, "Oh, this is not the ideal way I pictured my woman," and so do not perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ready to head for the exits or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. I. Uh, so I will confess, I have not seen the scene yet. I'm so sorry, listeners. Um, You're very disappointed in you. <laughs> I know. How dare I am you? in myself as well. Um, but I promise I will. Um, <laughs> so I can't really comment on that scene itself. I will just, I would like to add a point of, I feel like there's things that we all, all of us have certain things. Like, so for me, baby voice I know this is a thing that some people Mm-mm. like to do. I That's okay. But I have a hard time with that personally. <laughs> um, and it's the reason I mentioned it's kind of close to what he's what Johnny's saying, but it's different. But so if I was in a dating situation and said, girl, use baby voice to try to be cutesy, like that's okay. 
but that doesn't put me in a let's be intimate mood and i think he could have done better like i don't know if he needed to share that like you can i'm sure if you she would pick up on hey we don't tend to get intimate when i do this cutesy voice thing and that's okay like you can like you don't have to be madly attracted to your partner every moment of the day and i just i think that's a thing that we they fail to take into consideration when they mm-hmm. talk about stuff like this like i'm sure she doesn't like that he does sports talk you know like okay so like you're oh, probably not gonna like <laughs> yeah like you're not the most attractive to her at that very moment that doesn't necessarily mean that you should stop it's just mm-hmm. i think it's just kind of knowing those things and taking that into consideration and knowing like don't change yourself not saying that but when you're doing your sexy date night maybe that's not the move for that moment um Mm -hmm. so that's me trying to give johnny credit and defense for a situation that i did not see (laughs) so i might watch this credit and defense though when he (laughs) stepped away for the night and went home to not sleep in their apartment that first night back he did come Mm -hmm. back and pretty much say that he was like hey i can see what actually matters and maybe i was a little quick to conclude on our relationship based on things that don't actually matter in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I will mm-hmm. say I do really like how candid they are with each other. I feel mm-hmm. like they are radically transparent about how they're feeling yeah. about every little thing at all given times. And I think that's, I think that's kind of to their advantage because like they're trying to very quickly and in this like really intense way figure out if they're compatible and if they're even interested in staying married for a long time and being able to have all these difficult conversations like they're very very pragmatic about it of Mm -hmm. you know these are i don't know i just i i do kind of appreciate their candor because i feel like a lot of people their instinct is to kind of beat around the bush quite a lot in these early days because they don't want to ruin it but then they're not actually getting deeper on any level because they're just being really surface level. And so it just seems like, yeah, maybe maybe just say some of this stuff up front and let's see if we're okay with that. Because if, mm-hmm. if they can get through this, then like that's a, that's a very secure place to get to where it's like, I know exactly what about me and what a, you know about me they like or they don't like or that works or doesn't work and i can accept that and still be in this relationship like it just feels like you're working with more information <laughs> which i want to say actually to that point pastor cal when he was talking to jose and rachel rachel had made a comment about oh this is almost going too perfectly we feel like we're so happy and giddy and in this kind of euphoria of each other's space which i mean yeah they do have a lot of topics that they disagree on like financially and and independence Mm -hmm. but that was basically Rachel's point that it feels like they're so filled with happiness so early on and Pastor Cal says well you're supposed to be this system the experts matched you is based on how much almost like a spark as he put it I think he actually did say the word spark anyways the spark's supposed to be there immediately so don't feel the need to to take things slowly and that's off the conversation that he asked about sex with them he asked if they had had sex and they said not yet we don't know if we're supposed to be taking this slower it just feels like there's that instant you know connection and pastor Kyle was like well no you're supposed to have that which i kind of i mean 
in my own living room talking to myself. <laughs> I pushed back on oh. it. <laughs> I was like, wait it's a so second. It's necessary for that. <laughs> <laughs> Just because there's initial spark doesn't mean you shouldn't be cautious. And I mean, I feel like, hey, Pastor Kyle has like his own personal investment of wanting to see the couple succeed. So he wants them to be, you know, fast and fury and, and happy and big flame and amazing. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, I actually worry more for those kind of couples because I think, you know, quick to ignite, like quick to, you know, extinguish. And it can be a little dangerous when you're a little too rushed. And I think it's better to be cautious, even though it sounds like they have a great chemistry and in bringing it, circling it back to Bao and Johnny. It's like they're having those, let's be realistic and let's take it slow so that we can have a strong flame that lasts, you know. Yeah. Which yeah. M- both couples I guess mm-hmm. could work kind of thing, you know. Yeah. I think yeah. too with the back to Bow and Johnny again, with the particular way that she expresses herself and him seeing it and labeling it as a turn off, I do feel like there are plenty of partners out there who would see that as adorable and love that about her. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe that's not him, but I just want to throw that out there that like, it's also there's compatibility in that sense. And like, yeah. you can imagine how strengthening that would be to a relationship. If that were the case, if he found those things adorable and made him fall in love with her or something, because she has this just unbridled, unadulterated joy the kind of joy that you see a a kid like running into the the lake and playing in the water for the first time like that's just that's really really pure (laughs) and i think Mm -hmm. like that being associated with like child or child like actions Mm -hmm. kind of makes it like obviously that's not going to be something that's maybe like perceived as sexy but also she's maybe not trying to like be sexy in that moment like she's probably not having that vibe to like try and seduce him or anything like that we will never see and i don't care to see like them and how they are when they they do want that energy you know like that's for them but i feel like he's just like one that could just be like kind of a compatibility thing but also i feel like he's trying to like he clearly finds her attractive and I just think he's overthinking it a little bit where it's just like, oh, I don't want to like be intimate at every second that you do this one thing. And it's like, that's you. You're never going to want to be intimate with your partner at all moments. <laughs> like that's normal. You never get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> true. True. I just, okay. So I, well, first I'll say you made like some really, really good points there. Like I know people who would find that very attractive (laughs) like so like you said it's a compatibility thing like i know people who like they love it when their partner is all what he was describing like they love that so you know yeah cutesy and like giddy giddy and like holding on to your hand and like that's that's really attractive to some people so that's uh, no no shade and and uh but well while we were talking about this it it makes me it actually was something you said about where you're like the relationships where like they never talk about anything serious and 
to start off with and how they're like just being overly nice and like don't want to hit any heavy topics i think it, i think that's a that's an interesting topic because i kind of think to use your fire analogy you kind of need that like you know if you're building a fire you have some stuff that lights up really quickly you have some stuff that takes a little bit more time and then it'll finally light up those heavier pieces and that's the thing that's a slow burn i think some i think personally i kind of needed that like that like crazy hot Mm -hmm. crazy uh passionate to then get me in the headspace to look more seriously and um and be able to have these heavy topics like i i think it's it's one thing to have heavy topics when you're talking to someone that you're like this person is the shit like i am so happy and you're having these serious topics i think it's very different to have it in that context to like if i'm having this topic with like my dentist like he's a lovely individual but i'm less likely to be as um forgiving (laughs) with my judgment if I'm being real, you know, and I like, I think, so I, I wonder if that, my first question is, if you think that's a gender thing where like um, some, you know, like the guy perspective, it's mm-hmm. easier, you kind of need that he- hot and heavy in the beginning. Um, and then the second question is, do you, th- do you think for Bao and Johnny in particular, that could be a detriment to them because they are being a little bit more meticulous. If you never had that base, that hot and heavy base to build off of, you, you might never get there. And yeah, yeah, that's my. You bring questions. up a good point, though, and and I guess um, what I wanted to say with that, with Pastor Cal saying that's how it's supposed to happen, that was the word I wanted to push back on. Supposed to, I feel uh. like. Some couples, like you were saying, like it depends on who you are as a person. If you yeah. need that passion spark mm-hmm. in the beginning to see that long term, I mean, that's the basis of the difference between a romantic relationship and a platonic one. You, exactly. you know, you get more intimate. And therefore, I think it's it's a little dangerous to be like, oh, you have to have that. The spark is going to have to be there. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to work out. Mm-hmm. In the case of the genders, ah. I think I've met both guys and girls that are on both sides of it. Yeah. Girls and uh, I've met people who, when they first met their partner, thought nothing of a serious relationship, but mm-hmm. things got hot and heavy. And then they realized later on mm-hmm. that, oh, this could actually be someone I and, you know, fast forward how many years are together. Right. I think it just depends on who you are. I am not that kind of person to move quickly and I actually like deter away from that and I think you just have to know yourself a little more in terms of Bao and Johnny I think you bring up a good point too they seem to me like they're stalling a little bit they're having too much of that deep conversation not enough of that physical intimacy which I think is both of them kind of yeah attributing to that problem she in the beginning was like let's put this pillow fort between us and we need to be slower and then he was like oh i love sleeping with my pillows and so now it's like now it's on him to have the pillows in the bed before it was on her to have the pillows in the bed and either way they're not 
<laughs> cuddling at night. The pillows in the bed. By the way, the pillows are in the bed. I yeah. I hope that they can get a little more physical with each other because I think you bring up a good point. You don't have to be hot and heavy right in the beginning for it to work, but you'd hope there's some physical affection to s- let yeah. those feelings grow. Yeah, some like escalation of that. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. I agree with your your first point also that I think it does depend greatly on the person, and mm-hmm. I think. I think your fire analogy, Agu, is really good because you do really need a balance of a lot of different things. Like to actually start the fire, you do need like little pieces of paper and really small twigs that are very dry that like catch fire like instantly. And then you need like slightly bigger sticks and slightly bigger and then you have a log. Like you can't just light a log on fire. Like you would need a ridiculous amount of gasoline and it would be like not great, you know? And so, like, you do have to build up to it, but those things also have to work simultaneously. Where, like, even when you have the logs burning, sometimes you need, like, to shove some paper under one side of it to light another part of the log that's not really lit yet. And so it's a cycle. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it's kind of a balance between the logic of it and following instinct, where the logic part is making sure that you're being smart, you're being safe, you're aware of kind of what's going on and you're not getting completely swept away by your emotions but part of it is also letting go and letting your instincts take the lead a little bit and like that is kind of where the like more physical intimacy kind of comes from and being flirty and just being in the moment (laughs) and like that is so crucial for this and I think with Bao and Johnny I think they're both I think maybe more Bao than Johnny is like very resistant to following her instincts because of her logic and that like like even the pillow thing it's like so the thinking there is if you have a physical barrier then like he's not going to touch you or something Mm -hmm. like do you really think he's going to like like cop a feel in the middle of the night or something if you don't have that there like what what do you think is going to happen if you don't like you can just express whatever your boundary is of like I'd like to cuddle, but, like, don't touch my butt. Or, like, I don't know. Like, be explicit, but you can also, like, set what lines you're okay with and then keep renegotiating that. But, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like she's... I don't know where that fear comes from, but, like, it feels like that's the big issue for her to even, like, begin to understand if this is a valid if this is going to be a good relationship for them, you know? Yeah. The way you mentioned, like, it doesn't happen. We're not saying sex. Like, it could be touch, flirting, like, that type of... uh, There's many different ways. Um, But I just... I think especially if... Now, this is me just using personal uh, experience, but I feel like the more social the person is the more that's even that's needed more if that makes any sense so like I have friends who are a little more on the introvert introverted side and they have like three really 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 close friends and they'll be talking to different girls and because of that naturally the person that you're talking to you like are really hyper focused on that person and you're like you know, you're, you're just, you're very focused on it, where the friends I have who are a little bit more on the extroverted side, 
who have a larger friend group, the difference between a friend and a, a, a romantic relationship, like that's super important then because like to, to use that friend that I'm thinking about, like he has many friends that are girls. So just because you're that of the other sex doesn't mean like that you're just a friend and that's okay. Where I have some friends who, because they have two close friends, three close friends, when there's one person of the opposite sex in their life, that is like the person. And I just, I kind of wonder for like the Johnny situation, we know that he's a serial dater. We know that it seems like he's a lot more on the social side. That just feels like that would be needed. Some sort of affection would be needed so that you don't put that person in the friend basket because they seem like they interact with each other very well it's not like you said i i could see them being great friends you know (laughs) like really really close friends they both love their culture they both there's so many things they have in common i don't know if i see them as a couple (laughs) like that's the that's that difference Mm -hmm. and you got to have a little bit i think of just that fire and it could develop later like it doesn't have to be in the beginning but if that isn't there I just I don't I just don't see them being anything else besides friends right now so I guess I'm kind of jumping ahead but I just I just don't see it with them I just don't see it I wanted to make a comment about what you just said I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if Bao's pace is slower and Johnny's pace is faster and so they're going to kind of like be at different mm-hmm. levels meeting each other at a romantic level where he is there he could see it and she's like am i saying that you guys like following me i feel like yeah yeah he needs so the, you're saying like are you saying that like she's not attracted to him or like she's not ready to be she is she's just not ready to express that physically and he needs gotcha. that he needs that pace of the physicalness to start now and she's like let's wait it out let's go slower mm-hmm. let's take our time and maybe once she gets there he's already gonna be like sorry you, you missed the boat i was i was there already yeah and it's gone now yeah mm-hmm. which again i still feel like she's not letting herself follow her instincts because she's talked about how like in past relationships the physical part was really what came first and then the the feelings kind of grew from there and i'm like is that if that worked for you like maybe that's how you get there like if that is something that she wants to do it feels like she's just really stopping herself like really being like mm-hmm. no like not going to do it this way we're going to do it the right way because we're in a marriage and this is serious when it's like it, there's no I don't know, maybe it's just a shame thing around, like, because it is around intimacy. It's like you don't want to, like, go too fast or something. You worry how people might see you. But mm-hmm. I just think, I wonder what would happen if they were both really present all the time and how this would unfold compared to how measured they're being about it right now. She's, like, overcorrecting almost. Maybe. Type of thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. she did say that she overthinks about a lot of things, and she was the one to break off her previous relationships that could have turned into engagement slash marriages. So I'm wondering if there's yeah. more there. That's part of it. I don't know. Yeah. 
And I just, when I think back to like the success rate, not great on this show, as we know, we still, still watch it, still, still love to talk about it, but the ones that have been successful, that's something like, I can't think of a slow burn couple besides Miles and Karen, you know, like Greg and Deanna, Jamie and Doug from the first season. Okay. Well, I take that back. I was very wrong on that statement, but, um, Okay, let me reword this. There's probably more of the other type of couples that are successes than there are the slow burn couples. How about that? I don't think I don't so. Um, even Jeffrey and I always butcher her name. But they're kind of a hot and cold couple. And I, it's like Daphne. I, yeah, I'm not even trying. Mm. Um, I'm not sure. And... Then you have, like, Beth and Jamie that are just a hot mess. I, I think the... <laughs> Still hot, together. Yeah. Still together. Like figured it out. Killing it. Whatever. I don't know how they figured that out. I feel <laughs> oh like... <laughs> I really want us to, like, talk to them at some point. That would be nice. I, I think that could be interesting. I don't need to. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm, no, thank you. No, thank you. Um, no, I think, though, um, the... Come to mind, hot burn or hot spark couple that I always think back to, Keith and Christine. They're mm-hmm. kind of like the smoky honeymoon, wine glass, bubble bath. Mm-hmm. They're the ones I think of that they were like hot and heavy in the beginning, and it stuck out. Woody, Woody and Amani. Woody and Amani, like yeah. literally the first, like uh, Bobby and. Uh, Danielle. You think they were like a hot like spark in the beginning? I don't know both. There's attraction for sure. Yeah, there's attraction. But I wouldn't so, characterize it I, as I hot think, and heavy. Yes, but I, I think it's they were huggy and flirty oh, at that okay. point. So I think yeah, that's that's a good point. That's so I'm not saying they have to be all over each other in a mm-hmm. sexual manner, okay. but like Bobby, it was very clear that he was all about her. You know, even if they didn't do that, Woody and Amani, I I doubt that they were first night they knew each other, they had sex. I doubt that. But it was very clear that they were flirty with each other. Like, I think it's that you need that ability to be flirty and and small things of, of touch where like the flirtiness I'm seeing with Johnny and Bao or like. Like, they talk to each other the way I talk to my brother, where it's like, I'm making jokes and stuff. Uh, this is me getting Weird canceled or something. But, like, <laughs> it's just, like, it's funny. We we have great rapport, but you no know, one's going to see that and be like, you know what, they need to be together. Like, they're going to see that and be like, oh, they're close with each other. And that's the kind of energy that I'm getting from them. They're the kind um, of friends when they're, like, let's, you know, circle back to when they were in college. They're the kind of friends that you don't know are going to be in a relationship but over hanging out like multiple times together the spark kind of comes and during that time she's getting her pace but then when they get to that romantic phase it's like it's fast for him there you know Mm, maybe that's the thing Mm -hmm. remembering the thought that's a good point okay that's a very good point right at first sight strikes again too fast (laughs) <laughs> too fast okay. alright the last thing I want to touch on is the 
kind of some of the first scenes we're really seeing with Zach and Michaela together since uh, Zach is recovered now and, and gladly he's feeling better. Um, so they're now in their shared apartment and sharing space and getting to actually hang out for the first time. Um, and they had this, I don't know, it's, it's a weird, complicated thing where basically like Zach left without letting Michaela know and she got really upset and then left. And she felt like very abandoned and like her kind of protector had left and all this kind of a thing. And he didn't really realize at all, like what was the big deal and everything. So I don't know. What did, what did you think about all of that? Like, I feel like early on, at least like when she was first seeing that he was gone, it, I think it's easy to see that kind of as an overreaction. But once they had the conversation with Pastor Cal, it gave a little bit more, more context to it, you know? Mm-hmm. I I think that I understand where she was like fearful and reacted so quickly. I still think though the action of leaving after you saw him gone was a bit much. That's kind of like a very final I'm not in this anymore. I don't see this by and I don't know the timeline. They keep talking about she left at 8, he came back at 9.15, and she's like, no, I was still packing at 9.15, and you weren't back. So there's, like, the timeline there that's a little back and forth, and she's saying that he, she texted him and called, and he's saying she only texted, and he did respond. So it sounds like there's a little bit of miscommunication there, but the main thing I'm I'm hung up on is that leaving is kind of like saying the word divorce and not actually meaning it. It's Mm -hmm. a little too much to do, which Mm -hmm. they're also only married for a week. And that whole week, they didn't see each other. And the first night, just bye. bye. Yeah, that. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I feel like. I feel like Michaela. Oh, sorry. I feel like Michaela is going to have a particularly hard time, like, really being vulnerable just because of all of the things she's experienced in her past and, like, what she's already shown and expressed. Where it, like, because that's really, like, her protecting herself, right? Like, she gets, she finally gets to spend a night with her husband. There's a miscommunication. She doesn't know where he went. He's gone for, I, I don't know what impression she was under, but gone for some period of time and not supposedly being able to hear from him. And so it, instead of like waiting in the uncertainty of like, maybe he'll come back later today or something and hanging out in the apartment, it was just like, nope, I'm going to hurt him before he hurts me. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not going to yeah. let him, I'm not going to give him the chance. And like all of relationships is letting them have the chance, you know, like the people we're closest to are capable of hurting us the most. And like, that sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. But that's also what makes relationships wonderful is like, you are emotionally raw with someone. And so I, I'm i concerned for their relationship more because of that. And I think he's, he wants, he really wants to do a good job and he really is excited about being married and having a partner. But I don't know if he understands yet, like how to navigate, um, like someone who kind of has that response to things, like the like kind of, ballooned response to things that like might seem smaller this is kind of back to like an echo of our anxiety conversation yeah really because i I don't think he was so 
even when they were sitting on the couch talking to Pastor Cal, like he kept, he could not be quiet. <laughs> like he kept repeating himself and talking over her and trying to like reassure, reassure. And like, he just couldn't make it all like be calm and he couldn't be calm because of that. And so maybe he actually has some anxiety there too, but it, it just felt like I, I didn't see a lot of facets of the ways that that could turn out I mean, super healthy. He does show that he yeah. has an insecure side of, hey, I need to be affirmed that what I'm showing to you is being received. Otherwise, I, I'm going to recoil myself and not give that to you. And we kind of saw that when he tried to make a move and then she rejected it mm-hmm. and Pastor Cal was like no 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 don't take that rejection as like final keep trying and he's like I can't like I yeah, that was my effort I gave hard. it you know that's hard yeah yeah I think with them I'm I'm getting I think you guys did a great job summarizing this so I'm not going to really kind of go back into that but just timing is a killer it's a killer right like if like there's no way they could have controlled them getting sick but the amount of like spark they had when they first met like that could have been amazing through the honeymoon process and they would have had a solid base to handle all this stuff and to no through no fault of their own we're in a freaking pandemic still that happened and now that base just isn't there mm-hmm. and i just Again, it feels like I'm kind of repeating myself from the Johnny and Bao one, but I don't think that they could get that back. It's just kind of gone. Like, there's a little bit of distrust on her side. There's a little bit of him just not being as... It kind of cooled down a little bit. So, and then, like you said, with the rejection thing, that's that's a a whole situation there. I just... It's so unfortunate because... During the wedding, I was, like, so happy about them as a couple. Like, I was just like, this is spot on. Mm-hmm. And now this just feels like the hot mess couple. And I'm just, it sucks. Because they were so, so awesome the first day. Mm-hmm. But that. I have a theory that, uh, about that, actually. But before I get into that, I want to mention real quick. I was really frustrated when she said the, oh, when we were talking about the argument he had asked her, hey, in an argument, are you the kind of person to get up and walk away? And she goes, no, that's very sens- That's very offensive, and I actually think that's abusive and disrespectful to the person. And then you see how many minutes later she, like, up and leaves after he's not there. I was like, mm. wow. I-, I think she just has a lot of self-awareness maybe to be, like, or to work on to be like, hey, this is how it's affecting me in this moment, and let me, uh, let me see it in that moment and handle it, not mm-hmm. react you know mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. because i was i'm i i get hung up a lot on people when they when they don't do what they say or say what they do it's a little i i think a little hypocritical to not match your words to your actions and i noticed i was pretty frustrated when she walked out as soon as the first right. you know difficulty came after saying she's not a person to walk out that's abusive mm-hmm. um Anyways, my theory. I think that similar to me, I talking about the sex conversation earlier, I think that sex can really mess with my emotions and how I would see someone behave around someone and therefore also think about a future with someone. 
so I am a little more cautious to have sex early on. And I think that for her, sex with Zach at their honeymoon before he got COVID kind of messed with her a little bit of like, she was so now looking forward to picking right back up where they left. And she kind of used that whole week apart to just anticipate for me back and let's get hot and heavy right away. And she even left him a one week after anniversary gift calling him hot, which I don't like that word describing a person, but she was like, oh, here's your one week anniversary. We're definitely going to go back to that. Okay. I'm very right? curious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that she was so hung up on the hot and heavy sex that they had. And it's kind of like messing with her a little bit to think hmm. about the situation a little present day, realistically in the moment. And hmm. he maybe is a person that's not as affected by sex and his emotions and how he thinks about things. So he maybe, like you said, mellowed out a little bit, but she's like, so, you know, hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is in this. She's all in, and it feels like he might not necessarily be at that point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that. basically, my theory is that she is so like hung up on the, I don't know what do you call it, but like the, the chemical adjustment, whatever yeah, the, kind of the effect, physical chemistry, whatever happened, the effect of sex that she is, it's affecting her, and therefore she's kind of like up and down, up and down, all over the place, and kind of a lot, and she's hoping it is just. She's she's so fixated right now on sex because they already had it and she loved it and it was great and she wants more of it. Hmm. Thank you for reminding us of that because I did not remember that they had sex already. I did, <laughs> I, I did as well. I forgot. I was, she, she, she said that. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, that right. makes sense. I'm, Which, I mean, cons- oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I'm just curious. Why don't you like the descriptor hot for people? I think it focuses on their physical appearance, like their body, how in shape they are. Are they toned? Are they lean? Or whatever your preference is. I think it's a very superficial way to look at someone. And she mentioned it in her one week anniversary gift. She had like a whole box of goodies for him. And there's a letter in there. And she was talking about how she is so happy we married him. He is so hot and she can't wait to have more moments with him. And it made me think of her being so hung up on his physical appearance and attractiveness up front, you know? Hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's like not taking into consideration the full person. Yeah. 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 Be- below that beautiful, beautiful face or whatever. <laughs> He's beautiful. Yeah. I feel like too, I mean, the word hot, maybe conjures up like a certain type of person but that also can be used to describe whatever a particular person finds hot which could vary completely across all the different ways that humans exist you know so i that's really interesting that way of thinking about it because it's almost like objectifying him in a way of like i don't really know you yet but i'm so like about your body (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I'm not really Mm -hmm. taking into account like who you are maybe I'm more focused on your body than who you are as a person and yeah I could see that I could definitely see that there's this uh Ebo saying I'm going to butcher the translation so I'll I'll just kind of say it in English but that like the person who is a 
the attractive person hates that everybody calls them attractive until this day that people stop. Mm. <laughs> mm. Where it's like, oh, I hate that everyone says this. And then at a certain point, people just stop saying that. And then you're like, well, well, wait, what? What? Wait, what happened? Well, what? No, I don't. Um, I, what, did, what, what do they call that? Pretty privilege or something? Like, yeah, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Because of that being a thing, I, I could see how that is frustrating. Um, I think part of it, just like any other privilege, I imagine, for like The Rock, you know, um, you have to take that into consideration and use that to, I just, I I understand your thought process with the hot thing, I, I really do, but I don't know, it kind of feels like calling someone really smart and be like, well, I'm more than smart, I am also Fair hot (laughs) 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 like take the the compliment be like you know like don't make that your everything like i think that's a good point of like try to but yo like that's shoot that's an advantage um for all the stuff that we're saying like hot and heavy in the beginning i think that was there i just wish we were able to see what would happen if that wasn't just taken away Mm -hmm. You know, because if they're just hot and heavy, hot and heavy four weeks and then it got taken away, I just I'd be interested to see how that would have turned out as opposed to what we see. Yes, but I think the behavior we're seeing from Michaela of something I didn't like happens, I'm going to leave. I don't know if that would have been that different if they had had a little bit more runway to like just spend time together or something before they might have like gotten to that point you know I think that still would have been the reaction to that because it at that point I think it might have even felt like more of a betrayal because it's like I've shared all this time with you so far and like really we've really delved into some like deep things and then you know you went like we've seen this on in past seasons as well or it's like you left in the hotel to like say you're gonna go get something and then you didn't come back for a really long time like this happened with Chris and Paige (laughs) 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 where it's like this could have shown up in any way it's just a miscommunication right it wasn't him intentionally being shitty it was just a poor communication which is often the root of most issues (laughs) so I don't know I don't know but like also the way these things have been like affected by COVID, like when we saw Karen and Miles, like they've kind of said themselves that them having to quarantine together and have more runway before decision day might have been the reason that they actually said yes, because they had the time to work through some stuff and were kind 100%. of, there was nothing else to do, <laughs> you know? And so they figured it out. Whereas a shorter runway, maybe they wouldn't have stayed together and they seem happy now. So that would have technically been a missed opportunity. So I just, I don't know. It's it's interesting how all these other, like, just world circumstances play into these things. Because the timing, you're right, is so important. The point you made about Bao and Johnny, like, that's a timing thing, right? Like, if they were around each other, they knew each other. And then that's, you know, it's, it's hard. Their, their dynamic is tricky when you have to condense it to the short period. So, yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, and I'm wishing them, I'm wishing them the best. I, I'm assuming we all kind of don't see them staying together as well. That's Zach and Michaela. Yeah. At this point, 
don't uh, know. Not looking promising. Just based off the silences I'm getting here, <laughs> I'm going to assume I mean, that. we'll see how they come back from this argument, because at least now they're in the same room and they're talking again, so True. if they can kind of find some common ground and they can learn to be there for one another, we'll see. We'll see how they resolve this conflict. Mm-hmm. So, I last thing on this, I it feels like the show or fans are selective on when they want to be angry about a person leaving. The same episode, Johnny left and came back. And I, the reason why I mentioned this is because they show that scene and then they go to Dr. Pepper who's like, for some couples, it is important for them to have a moment away from each other to think. Where I remember to bring back my old favorite, no. Zach no. and Mindy. But when he left, it was like, He's messing up this relationship and how this is a bad start for everything. Just stop with the hypocritical shit. Like if, if, if it's bad, if Johnny leaves, it's not great so you're, when Michaela so or You're saying that the way Zach. that Johnny left after having plenty of very open and clear conversations with Bao is the same as Zach and Mindy. Zach, who was emotionally distant told his new wife he wasn't attracted to her right on the honeymoon, came back and moved back to his apartment, couldn't answer a question with a straight answer to save his goddamn life. You're saying to me that those are the same situation? Is that that what I'm hearing? Damn. Are you not a lawyer? How are you not a lawyer? How is this not... Objection! I don't don't know how this works. I'm just excited. Security, remove this man. <laughs> no, you're, that's a very fair point. But my anger is we don't need the show to freaking throw in cuts of Dr. Pepper defending Johnny. Well, they need Dr. Pepper in doing there sometime. This. <laughs> yes, throw in Dr. Pepper. Fantastic. But I like Johnny. I still think he's great. He fucked up and that's okay. Yeah. You can be both things. And when you try to like, it's it's try to add sugar to the situation because you really like this person, you really wanted to work for him. That is being hypocritical. And yes, Zach is not. I use him because he's. It was a very clear example, and I'm still defending this man for no reason. I don't know why, but I didn't like that the show did that. And I've noticed that they've done this with Mirla, like she's getting an awful cut. She's getting an awful cut, and she's doing this to herself, yes, but she's getting an awful cut. To your Johnny so just... versus Zach point, I will say you are you have a point about how the show does like to have a way of thinking how the couple should work through things, and a major part of it is that you are isolated from the rest of the world for two months. It is you two, 100%, 24-7, sharing the same space, breathing the same air, working through your life's decisions together so that come decision day you can decide whether or not to stay married and that is a little different for the show to be like oh don't worry you know take take time apart it's healthy to have outside kind of perspective space distance contemplation to come back together which realistically couples should have i think a little bit of time apart every once in a while they can't suffocate each other which johnny was basically saying i feel like i I'm overwhelmed with the honeymoon. Yeah, I just need a second to breathe. So I think normally, mm-hmm. yes, that's how you probably should react. I 
I can totally see why Johnny was like, let me go away for the night. I've had too much lately. But I think you you do have a point, though, that show has a way of liking to see how things play out. And that usually is share the same space constantly. Yeah. No outs. Yeah. It's almost like this format is too intense for a relationship to <laughs> successfully grow from. Hmm. And just hmm. previous seasons, we have seen that was a big deal. Like Dr. Uh, Pastor Cow pulling the person aside, being like, you can't leave. You need to stay. Like, we, we've seen that be such a big deal. So for them to, like, I just need you to be consistent. I'm talking the show. Like, I'm with you, Mabel. I think it's good and healthy. But if the show in the universe that they've built has decided that this is a big deal, it's kind of like when you watch movies where everyone is it's like the normal world and there's gravity but then there's one person who can just float and it's like whoa what happened <laughs> that why is why is this person to have the ability it's to just do like aliens no explanation needed <laughs> alien <laughs> it's, just, it's just like just be consistent and and i just i feel like this show like leaving the person leaving their home is always like a big deal they have the symbols and blah 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 and when matt did it Awful person, not great, but <laughs> the they worst. they complained about it. When Zach does it, they complain about it. Um, when Karen did it with Miles and Karen, that was a big deal. They're like, "Oh, Karen, you're doing bad." And I remember everyone, all the ladies who were thirsting over Miles, was like, "I would never do that to you, Miles." Johnny does it, and they're just like, "This is a fine and reasonable thing to do." The fuck? What happened? Well, that also probably <laughs> plays into whatever the audience perception is of the other partner. Because I don't know, like, how generally people are feeling about Bao. But, like, for my example's sake, if people, like, felt more positively to Johnny than Bao, then they might be like, yeah, give the man his space. Let him do whatever he wants. With the Miles and Karen thing, if everybody was a Miles stand, they're just like, why is Karen leaving? She's abandoning him and not making him, you know, gumbo every night like she does on Instagram. <laughs> like... You know, like it—it it matters. It, all of those things play into it, right? I don't think. Fair. Yeah, it's just the context. Mm-hmm. Fair, 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 fair. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a lot, but I—I I don't know. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not feeling super optimistic about this season. <laughs> Everybody, it, it just feels like we're kind of starting to dig into some of the bigger issues and. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how it plays out. I'm hopeful that couples kind of learn a little bit of conflict resolution because we're seeing quite a few arguments come up, whether it's a little bickering from <laughs> Bao and Johnny, yeah. Ryan's annoyance of Brett's anxiety, uh, Zach and Michaela blow up. I feel like there's a lot of things that are starting to eat away at the couples that I think could be resolved if you communicate effectively. Mm-hmm. And you circle back and you focus on each other. But you have to actually put the work in to circle back. And we'll see. We'll see if the couples yeah. turn inward. Right. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, please go follow us on Instagram at Cup of Three Podcast. Um, we would love to see you there. And let us know what you think about this season and all these couples. Um, we just shared all our thoughts and feelings. So tell us what you think about those, too. So... <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, you guys. Gil, 
What? Girl, you don't need Marilla. <laughs> Mabel is gonna find DMs. Oh, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Prepare those DMs if you're I'll single. Let your girl. <laughs> In Spanish, okay? Like, Dude has impressive Spanish. I just listen to you know. <laughs> Not doing extra research at all on Gil specifically. <laughs> <laughs> on all the couples, but sure. you know, mostly Gil. Gil's mm-hmm. definitely He's the top top of the coincidentally. List. <laughs> it's like on Apple Music, the most often played. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> It's like oh, all your yeah. YouTube is recommended videos, like involving Gil right. some way. Girl, I'm trying. Okay, no, honestly, we're doing too much. Like, you're going to scare him away. We got to pause this. All of my recommended everything lately has been Neymar. I I love that man. Just like. Okay. He's, okay. It's either like Neymar, Neymar and Messi right. plays together or like their friendship or his or Neymar's smile or him and his wife. It's. Anyways. Okay. Okay. I would never have guessed Neymar. I, I am. This is this is an interesting situation. Uh, my first, gonna, I, I do hold hot messy to a higher, much higher. He's my really? number one. Oh yeah. my god. Oh no, I'm, I'm just saying like a person, character. You don't have to date a Magoo. <laughs> I mean, both the dudes are married, and Gil is too. <laughs> as far as we know, for now. But we'll see. For now. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>